Good morning. It's Sunday morning, and it's time for another sermon. Woo! I'm so excited. Been looking forward to this all week long. <coughs> and uh, this week, God didn't give me a word until towards the end of the week. It takes a lot of faith to just rely on God to, to give you a sermon, to, to give you a scripture, and then just to patiently wait for it to all come together. It's, uh, it's pretty awesome, to be honest. It's one of the things that I, I really love about preaching is uh, being fully 100% completely and totally dependent on the Lord from, from one Sunday to the next. <coughs> and honestly, for every verse, every day. Pardon me. All right. So before we get started, we're just going to pray and then just jump right into this. Father, we, we praise you and we glorify you and we love you and we thank you, Lord, so much for all that you do for us every single day, for loving us, for blessing us, for pouring your grace upon us, Lord. Just the fact that we have our lives in this, in this corrupted world is, is truly, truly a blessing. Father, I pray that the, the words that I'm about to speak seep into the hearts and the minds of everyone that hears and it, it brings them close to you, closer to you, and, and in, in your throne room, in your presence. We praise you, and we love you, and we glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's get started. Uh, first, Psalms chapter 33. Psalms chapter 33, verse 18 through 22. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy, to, to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waiteth for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart shall rejoice in Him because we have trusted in His holy name. Let Thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us according as we hope in Thee. Amen. That doesn't really even need much of a translation, does it? Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear Him, upon them that hope in His mercy. All of us who believe. All of us believe. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon us. The eye of the Lord is upon everyone throughout the entire world. The eye of the Lord seeps into the darkest room, into the most private moment. God is with us, always. He sees those of us who believe, and He sees those of us who have have the possibility. He sees those that need him and those that want him. He sees everyone. To deliver our soul from death and to keep us alive in family. He, Jesus delivered us from death. Ultimately from death. Psalms is written before Jesus, but Jesus delivered us from death. We are no longer bound by death. Now, can we die? Can our bodies die on this, on this plane? Yes. Our bodies can die on this planet, on this earth. 
on this plane in this form of existence. But it's not truly death. In fact, our death leads to life. But there are many, 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 many more whose death leads to death, leads to the grave, leads to ultimately judgment and the lake of fire. And famine, famine is hunger. What do you hunger for? Do you hunger for food? Do you hunger for stuff, for money? Or do you hunger for Jesus, for his love, for his light? Our soul waiteth for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. Yes, he is. He is our shield that deflects evil, that deflects all of those who have come to destroy us. Not destroy our physical bodies, but destroy our souls. And you know, there's really only one. There, it's not even really. There is only one in all existence that can destroy the body and the soul, and that is God. But he doesn't seek to destroy our soul. He seeks to deliver us from darkness, from death. Jesus paid the price, and now all we have to do to receive that free gift is to believe. To believe. Seems like such a small thing, doesn't it? And belief doesn't all automatically make us deserve the gift. No. Belief doesn't make us deserve it. But it does allow us to receive it. For our hearts shall rejoice in him, because we have trusted in his holy name. Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us, according as we hope in thee. Hope is so incredibly powerful. Let's uh, flip over to Hebrews. <coughs> Chapter 9. <coughs> Chapter 9, verse 13 through 15. And then we're going to pop over to verse 22. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 9, verse 13. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifies to the purifying of the flesh. Now this is uh, Old Testament, what's being spoke of being spoke of Old Testament when Jews had to sacrifice bulls and lambs to make themselves right with God. It was not to make themselves clean. They were not forgiven. They were just put in a place where they were right with God. How much more, verse 14, shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, perch your comfort, Purge your conscience from dead. Works to serve the living God. <clears throat> Let me read that again. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? How much more amazing and glorious and wonderful, how much more powerful was Jesus' sacrifice? 
And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. <clears throat> Verse 22, And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood is no remission. <clears throat> so, the wages of sin is death. You've, you've, you've heard that, you've read that, you, we've been preached that and told that our entire lives. The wages of sin is death. Sin, the only thing that can forgive sin, the only thing that can make up for sin is death. And so blood was the sacrifice for sin. In the Old Testament, blood, the death of a lamb or a goat without blemish, perfect in the eyes of the Lord, was given. Its, its life was given to take place of sin, of man. Its life was given through the representation of blood. Blood was literally sprinkled uh, upon the altar, along with the fat and and the pieces of the animal. But the blood, the blood is what sanctified. So the animal was placed upon the altar and then the blood was sprinkled upon all the pieces and the blood sanctified the sacrifice and, and brought people to a place that was right with God. But through Jesus' sacrifice, His blood didn't just bring us to a rightness with God, it completely paid the price. Sin is a price that has to be paid, and blood before Jesus did not fully pay the price. It did not fully pay for the meal, so to speak. It only paid for half of it. And so that sin over time, the, the, the path, the, the part that wasn't paid continued to build up. Continued to build up until it corrupted man. And the Jews, for a very long time, fell away from God. And God had to bring them back to him through punishment. He had to punish them, and through their pain, they saw the error of their ways, and they came up with God. Sadly, that's the way we are now. We have to suffer to learn anything. It's sad but true. It's sad but true. The little kid poking the ant mound. You know what I'm talking about. We've all done that. Poking the ant mound, messing with them. All of a sudden, not paying attention, they've been crawling up his leg. All of a sudden, he gets bit, and then he realizes if he's going to poke the ant mound, he's got to he's got to put some precautions in place so that he can poke it next time. Eventually, those ants are going to get him again, and eventually, he's going to be like, you know, I don't think I'm going to poke the ant mound anymore because. I don't like the pain that comes from it. So, we learn through our own pain, through our own suffering. So Jesus, His price, His blood, didn't just bring us right with God. His blood wasn't a half payment. He 
is God in the flesh. His blood sanctified us and saved us from sin. We were or have been given salvation from sin, no condemnation, so that when our time comes, we ascend to heaven. When the saints died before Jesus, they went to Abram, Abraham's bosom. They still went to hell. They just went to a place separated from the dismay and, and the pain and the suffering. A place where they could go similar to heaven, but a place where God didn't exist because they still had sin. And Jesus' death wiped us of our sin. And through belief that Jesus is, is, is the Son of God, that Jesus is Lord, through belief, and through baptism through the Spirit, we are no longer bound to the flesh. We are reborn in the Spirit through the blood. Let's go to Leviticus chapter 17. <clears throat> Leviticus chapter 17, all the way there towards the beginning of the Bible. <clears throat> chapter 17, 12 through 14. Therefore I said unto the children of Israel, No soul of you shall eat blood, neither shall any stranger that sojourneth among you eat blood. And whatsoever man there be of the children of Israel, or of the strangers that sojourn among you, which hunteth and catcheth any beast or fowl that may be eaten, he shall even pour out the blood thereof, and cover it with dust. For it is the life of all flesh, the blood of it is for the life thereof. Therefore I said unto the children of Israel, Ye shall eat the blood of no manner of flesh, for the life of all flesh is the blood thereof. Whosoever eateth it shall be cut off. <clears throat> the blood is the life thereof. So my blood is my life. <clears throat> the blood of Jesus is his life was his life when he shed his blood he gave his life for us and his life his blood is eternal but 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 brother jason i mean he did die i mean he died i mean he resurrected but he did die yes he died and he resurrected and his body did not began to corrupt. His body did not begin to rot or decay because his blood is eternal. And because his blood is eternal, his sacrifice eternally pays for our sin. Until the earth ends, when the day comes that Jesus returns and destroys Satan and tosses him and the beast and the prophet in the lake of fire and every wicked person, 
is gone from the face of the earth and all that remains are the believers. That blood will still sanctify us. That blood is our salvation. The blood of Jesus is our eternal salvation because Jesus is eternal. He is the Alpha and Omega. He is the beginning and the end. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and nothing was created without Him, and everything was created through Him. Why do I say Him? And the Word was made flesh and came and dwelt among us, and His name is Jesus. <coughs> Let's go to 1 John. 1 John. There towards the end. There towards the end of the Bible. 1 John chapter 1. First John chapter 1. We're going to read verse 5 through 9. <clears throat> this then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and we do not the truth. But if we walk in the light and he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We are still sinners. Christians, believers in Jesus, followers of Jesus, are still sinners in the flesh. If we say that we are not sinners, then we are lying through our teeth. Now, in my case, just through my mouth. We are liars because we are still sinners. We are still sinners. But we are saved from the grave through the blood of Jesus Christ, through his blood. We are brought from unrighteousness. We are made righteous in the face of God Almighty. God is all light. There is no darkness in him at all. God cannot lie. God is without sin. God is the creator of everything, of time itself. The vastness of space. Scientists have been hearing on and on about that telescope they made. Talking about the vastness of space. The early universe. We're going to find out about the early universe. 
God created that. God created the vastness of space. God created the vacuum of space. The absence of air. The absence of everything. He created that. Mantra. And he has no darkness within him. He is, no, he is purity. He is the purity of And through the blood of Jesus Christ, we are sanctified and saved from the grave. Our flesh is still full of sin, but our spirit is filled with Jesus' spirit. He surrounds our spirit and holds us and keeps us from the sin of our flesh. Now, does that mean we can go sinning willy-nilly? No. We have to constantly repent and constantly pray. Pray without ceasing. Constantly pursue Jesus. Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, verse 7. <laughs> Romans chapter 5, verse 7 and 8. <laughs> Romans chapter 5, verse 7 and 8. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man someone even dared to die. But God commandeth his love toward us, towards us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So we as men, only a few among us would die for a good man, would give our lives for a good man. Fewer still. Only a few would die for a righteous man. Fewer still would die for a good man. Now, there are those that are, that it's their job to give their lives for another, like um, the Secret Service and the President. It's their job to do so. And so, they believe, they, they make themselves believe in something so that they can do their job. And what they believe in is not necessarily the life of that man. They believe in something greater than that man. But very few of us would be willing to give our lives for another. Yet Jesus, and, and these are good and righteous men, what about an evil man? Would you give your life for an evil man? One that has never done a single good thing in all his life, that sits up uh, on, in, in his mansion and eats 
everything that you'll never even be able to smell with with your own with your own uh, nostrils, and and every decision he makes is for his own benefit. Would you give your life for a wicked, evil, horrible that would just as soon step on you than look? Jesus did. Jesus did. But God commandeth his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We were sinners and still are. And Christ, and when, when Jesus died, he was sin free. And everyone, everyone around him was ridiculing him, spitting on him, throwing things in him. They put a crown of thorns on his head and he began to bleed and hurt. They beat him within an inch of his life. And yet, through all of that pain and misery and, and horrible, awful, terrible stuff that was going on, he walked through all of that pain up that hill and climbed up on that cross and died for us. Now, well, he didn't climb up on that cross, Pastor Jason. He laid down and hammered into it. He's God. He is God in the flesh. Before that point in time, many times they tried to grab a hold of him. They couldn't even touch it. They couldn't even touch him unless he wanted them to. No one made him get on that cross. When they laid him down and, and, and buried those nails into his hands, he let them. He climbed up on that cross and he died. He bled so that we could live. Nothing held him on that cross. He, his love, held him on that cross. He could have called down all the angels in heaven. The thing is, he, he didn't need to. He could have stepped off of that, off of that cross, instantly been healed. Heck, he could have prevented them from putting him on that cross. They could have tried to to, to hammer the nails in his hands, and not even, and the nail wouldn't have even been able to penetrate his skin. They certainly wouldn't have been able to muscle him down onto the cross. They certainly wouldn't have been able to make him walk up that hill. They did not crucify Jesus. He crucified himself for us. He sacrificed himself and his blood eternally sanctifies those of us who believe that Jesus is Lord in our hearts. And if you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you need only pray to be baptized in the Spirit, in His holy light, and you will be filled with the Spirit, and you will re be reborn in the Spirit. And your rebirth is much more significant than your fleshly birth in the wounds of your mother. Or in the test tube, because we're there. We're there. Babies being born in testaments. We've got to that point. Being reborn in the Spirit is the single most important thing on the face of this planet. And then, 
the single most important thing as far as from a human perspective. Jesus is the most important that's ever been, that's ever will be. Jesus. And through the love of Jesus, we are saved from the grave. We are saved from the lake of fire. Our names are written in the book of life and we live on eternal. Let's go to Revelations chapter 12. End of the Bible. Chapter 12, verse 9 through 11. Chapter 12, verse 9. <clears throat> and the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil. And Satan, which deceiveth the whole world, he was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. This, this is when Satan decided he was going to strong-arm God, his creator, the creator of all existence, of every single thing, the Lord of creation, the only God. The Alpha and Omega. Satan decided, you know what? I'm so beautiful and amazing and, and, and awesome. You know, I think I want to run things. And, and he somehow he, he convinced a third of heaven's angels that this was a good idea. So he just moseyed on up there and said, God, I'm taking over. And God could have, in a word, in a word, he could have cast Satan to the earth. In a word, he could have absolutely obliterated him from existence. But he didn't. Why didn't he? You'll have to ask him that question. I'm good. I honestly don't need to know. I really don't care. But he sent Michael and the rest of heaven's angels to fight against Satan, and Satan and all the angels that rose up with him were cast to earth. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. Verse 11, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. Now this is written in Revelations. This is a foretelling of what happened before time, of what happened before our creation. In the beginning, this is a foretelling. Satan was cast down to earth. And Mary came with child. And Satan was going to devour the child. 
just as Satan was going to take the throne of God. That's, that's as preposterous. The, the second is just as preposterous as the first. Because the child was the son of God. The son of the living God is Jesus. But he was going to devour the child. Yet he didn't. Because he didn't have the power. Because he doesn't have the power to overcome God. Though everyone in this world that doesn't believe will try to make you think otherwise. They will try to make you think that Satan is winning. In fact, most of them will try to make you think that Satan never even existed. Because... Satan doesn't have to prove that he exists. He just has to convince people that God doesn't. And he still wins. Those that believe in nothing, go into the lake of fire. Those that believe in a false God, go into the lake of fire. Those that believe in Satan but don't believe in God, go into the lake of fire. Those that believe in anything other than Jesus is Lord. Jesus is King. Jesus is the Son of the living God. Anyone that believes anything beyond that, outside of that, is going to lake a fire. Narrow is the gate to righteousness. Wide is the gate to damnation. And the gate to righteousness, the, the gate to eternal life, is through Jesus Christ our Lord. He is the way. The truth and the life. The only way. There is one way to the Father in heaven. There is one way to eternal life. One way. And that way is Jesus. And they overcame him by the blood of Jesus and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto death. We are not to love this flesh and bone. We are not to love this place that we live on earth. We are not to care more about this life and less about our eternal life. And that is a big problem that we have as Christians. We worry and we fear about what's going to happen to us here and now rather than what we know is going to happen when this body expires. We know, we know that heaven awaits. We know that we're not going to die. And yet, we fear our death. And there is literally Christians every single day that through the death of a loved one will turn their back on God and blaspheme themselves straight into the lake of fire. Because someone they love died. We're all going to die. Save for those few that will be on earth when Jesus comes. Those few that still believe when Jesus returns, they won't die. Their, their bodies will stay here, though. Their bodies will stay here because their bodies are flesh and bone. Their bodies are full of sin. Their spirits will go. And then we'll gain new bodies. 
But we're all going to die. Unless we're here when, when, when it all comes to the end. When the curtain is drawn. We're all going to die. And so to give up your eternal life because someone you love died sooner than you wanted them to is sad. It is truly, truly sad. Our eternal life gives us a promise that this life isn't it. So there shouldn't be anger and fear and pain and destruction. There should just be us focusing on the one who bled so that we could live eternally, who gave his life for us. If every single Christian in this world lived for Jesus alone, and, and follow his commandments to the T. Love thy God with all thy heart and all thy mind and all thy soul and all thy spirit and all thy strength. And love one another as he loves us. If we just followed the two and greatest commandments, this world would be amazing. It really would. It's funny, too, because as far as Google's concerned, only about a third of the entire population of the world are saved. And yet, that third of the world could change the world into something truly amazing. But it's going to get worse. Because salvation doesn't include this corrupted world. Salvation includes the love and the belief in Jesus Christ and the pursuit of Him constantly. Fellowship with Him on a daily basis. Pray without ceasing and you will feel His presence. If you're, if, if you're like, oh, well, I don't feel God anymore. I don't, I don't, I don't feel His presence. I, I do. Pray more. Well, how hard you pray like three times a day? Pray six times a day. Pray ten times a day. Pray every hour, every minute. Well, how, how can I work if I pray every minute? Figure it out. Pray without ceasing doesn't mean pray, you know, once a day, every day. Pray a couple times a day. Pray ten times a day. Pray without ceasing means never cease to pray to Jesus Christ our Lord, to God Almighty. Do not cease to pray to the one who gave his life and bled on the cross so that you can live. Let's go to Second Peter. Chapter 1. <sighs> Second Peter 
chapter 1, verse 2 through 9. I didn't mark this either. Uh, I was so excited yesterday writing the sermon, I forgot to mark several of my verses. I mark them so that I don't like just keep reading, because I'm tempted to do that a lot of times. Second Peter. Chapter 1, verse 2 through 9. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust and beside this giving all diligence add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge and to knowledge temperance and to temperance patience and to patience godliness and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity, which is love. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. That's a mouthful, isn't it? Peter, the fisherman, look at all that. God changed him. Jesus changed his heart and his ability from a fisherman of fish to a fisherman of man. He was one of the strongest of the apostles. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus. We have Jesus in our hearts, in our mind, in our very being. If you believe your knowledge and love of Jesus is what defines you. It is your legacy. Jesus is your legacy. And if you forget, but he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. There are many, many Christians that literally Put the chains back on and give the key back to Satan. Oh, we all, we've all done it. We all are sinners, as I've said multiple times. We are all still sinners. But you can try to limit your sin. You can try and pray diligently and ask for strength through God, and He will help you. To keep all of that sin to a minimum. 
There is a minimum. There is a minimum when it comes to sin. But there are many Christians that have been purged of their sin, and yet they turn around and they give all of their freedom back to the enemy. They fall back into their love of money, their love of stuff, their love of well, their love of everything that is of not of God. I can go into some pretty deep sins, but I'd rather not. We all have an imagination. And sadly, that imagination doesn't really help us that much. I constantly pray, Lord, help me to have power over my thoughts. Help me to only think of you. To only have you in my mind and not to have anything else. Every movie I've ever watched, every movie I've ever watched, there's sometimes that I'll be praying to Jesus and all of a sudden, boom, a show will pop into my head. Or a movie that I saw. And not generally a Christian movie. Generally pretty much never a Christian movie. I'll be praying or I'll be worshiping and a movie will pop into my head and it's killing demons or or uh, or, or a shootout in, in, in a fast car or a kissing scene. I mean, goodness gracious alive. Sin is around us always, but you can Focus on Jesus and ask Him for help to keep you from the depths of sin. Or you can turn around and forget that you were purged of sin. Forget that Jesus bled so that you can live. Jesus died so that you no longer have to bleed. You no longer have to die. It says that he will wipe a tear from our eye. There will be no more death, no more sorrow. We will live in the city where the streets are made of gold and the water of life flows through the streets and the fruit of life is, is on every corner. And there will be no more pain. No more fear, no more worry, no more death. Because death is ultimately what drives non-believers. And many believers are driven by the desire not to die and make decisions accordingly, even if those decisions are against the grace of God, against Jesus. And that is my point. Jesus stepped on that cross and hurt and bled so that we can live. And we're worried about death when we know that eternal life awaits. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's very self-explanatory. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. The knowledge of Jesus... 
and to knowledge temperance and to temperance patience and to patience godliness be patient when you pray be patient because when you want your prayer answered is not when it will be answered when you want your prayer answered is not when it needs to be answered when you want your prayer answered isn't the point God's timing is perfect because he lives outside of time because he created it he's not bound by it we are we are bound by time right now But unto eternal life, we will no longer be bound by eternal. We will be infinite. We will be eternal. And we will live with God eternally. Let's finish up on 1 Corinthians. First Corinthians chapter 7. <clears throat> chapter 7 verse 23-24 I know it feels like I'm kicking a dead horse here but I am not I want eternal life for everyone that doesn't believe and for every believer I want you to have peace and that's what Jesus wants and that is part of the reason he gave me this sermon not all of it. I never honestly know all the reasoning. And I don't have to. I just have to have faith that Jesus knows. And, and he does know. I have to have faith that there's a reason for everything that I do. And there is a reason. Provided everything that I do is for Jesus. And in Jesus. And through Jesus. Verse 23, ye are bought with a price, be not ye the servants of men. Brethren, let every man wherein he is called, therein abide with God. We are not servants of men. We are servants of God. We are saved by God. We are the people of God. We are God's people. We are His children. Do not serve man. Do not serve the world. Do not fall back into your sin. Jesus died and bled and His eternal blood pays the price for our sin eternally. We are not condemned. But repent. Pray without ceasing. Seek Jesus always. Repent and pray and ask for forgiveness and tell God that you will try harder and ask Him for the strength to resist the enemy. Ask Him for help and He will give you help. Ask Him for the way and He will put you on the path. Ask Him to show you how to stay on the path and He will help you stay on the path. But if you listen to your flesh, if you serve 
the laws of men, if you serve this world unto the grave, that's where you'll end up. Now, I'm not saying go break a ton, a ton of laws. Because, honestly, thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not kill. God's laws keep us on the right path. The laws of men I'm speaking of are those laws that pull you back into the grave, that pull you away from the truth and into the darkness. Those laws are narrated by Satan, by that old dragon, the devil. He wants every single one of us to burn in the lake of fire with him because his time is short. How short? No one knows. But for a being that believed himself eternal and now has an expiration date, it's short. It's very short. There is only one eternal, and he is God. The Father, the Word, and Thine Holy Spirit. Jesus is Lord. And you are saved from the grave through His blood, through His eternal gift. If you simply believe. Let's pray. Father, please. Please let these words seep into the hearts and the minds of everyone that hears it. Please, Lord, if there's anyone that doesn't know you, that doesn't believe, open their hearts to your truth, to your light, to your love, to your will, to your way, Lord. Open their hearts and their minds to Jesus so that he can give them new life through the Spirit so that they can re be reborn as children of God. And those of us that do believe, sharpen our hearts, sharpen our minds. Let us not be bound by our flesh, Lord. Let us not fall back into the chains of sin. Let us not give the keys of sin back over to Satan. Let us, Lord, as Christians, pray to you constantly without ceasing. Pursue you constantly, never turning away from your glorious love and light. Help us, Lord, as Christians, to believe without doubt. To leave fear and pursue truth and love and righteousness through you, Lord. Help us, Father, not to fear death and not to make decisions in the pursuit of that fear, but to believe and love. Because love is the most powerful thing. And you, God, are love. I pray that this truth 
stays on our hearts and in our minds everywhere that we go and everything that we do, Lord. And I thank you, and I praise you, and I glorify you, and I love you, Lord. And I ask and pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I hope everyone has a wonderful week. I hope that... I hope that everyone can pursue Jesus this week and come to a whole new understanding, a whole new place of love in Jesus, a whole new place of light. I hope that your eyes can be closed and your heart can be open because sometimes our eyes limit what we can actually see. So close your eyes to man and open your heart and your spirit to Jesus. And then open your eyes and see the truth. I love you. God bless you.